Well, thank you, Father Dan and Deacon Tim and Deacon Bill for joining us. Um, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the connection with Jesus um, with Isaac. And I'm going to take you back to seminary again because we rarely hear the connection and why Jesus is considered the new Moses. Now, Postulant Paul just read um, about Moses. And I want to make a couple of comments. So I pulled out my seminary notes, taking you back to seminary. Now, what we just read is about Moses, and it's interesting because, well, first of all, we also had a gospel from Matthew. Why is that important? Because Matthew is the natural bridge, the first gospel writer between the Old and the New Testament, because Matthew was Jewish, okay, whereas like Luke was not. So Matthew is the link, and it was written, he wrote his gospel mainly to convince the Jews and those from a Hebrew background that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, how did he do that? He did it by comparing Jesus with Moses. This is very important. And we don't hear about this a lot, but it makes a lot of sense. So Matthew uses Moses's typology, we call it, um, showing that Jesus is a new and greater Moses. Now, as Paul just read, we learned about who Moses was. But the parallels between Moses and Jesus, especially in Matthew, are quite awesome. Um, they begin with an infancy narrative, just as the birth. Now, look at these connections here. And now you're going back to seminary with me. So both experienced um, an attempt on their life by a ruler who was paranoid. Uh, trying to preserve their own kingdom. So with the child Jesus, it was Herod. And Herod slaughtered many infants, uh, the infant males around Bethlehem. Now Pharaoh also tried to kill the young male Hebrews. This is from Exodus 1. And this is what forced Moses into the basket. So this is why they did that. So Moses had to flee from Pharaoh as a baby then when he got older, did you catch what Brother Paul read? Moses had to flee to Midian because he had killed an Egyptian. So then Moses had to flee from Pharaoh again to go to Midian after he killed a man. Now Moses then later returned from the desert. Midian is the desert. And he had his wife and his sons with him. They came to Egypt. Now Jesus had to flee a ruler. He fled Herod. And he also came from Egypt, right? Because they fled to Egypt. And then later, as a few years went by and here it died, here comes the man from Egypt. So he comes to deliver his people coming out of Egypt. Just like Moses delivered his people coming out of Egypt, Jesus delivers his people coming out of Egypt. Now, Joseph, Jesus is foster father, father on earth, returned with his wife and his son, Jesus, from their flight in the desert and returned to Israel. Moses delivered the Israelites from Egypt also to the promised land, from bondage, employing many signs and miracles. And so Jesus delivered his people, not from the power of Egypt per se, but from a greater oppressor, Satan. 
But both worked signs and wonders. Both worked miracles. All right. What was Moses? What was the first plague? Anybody remember? Okay. The first plague, Moses turned the water of the Nile into blood. You see where I'm going with this. So the very first one that Moses worked, the first miracle was turn the Nile into blood to show Pharaoh. Well, Moses's first great miracle was turning water into blood. Now at Cana, what does Jesus do? He does the water into wine in preparation for the Last Supper where that wine will be turned into blood. So ultimately it's water into blood. Now it gets even better. Well, I guess you can't get better than that, but it gets deeper. Um, well, I guess you can't get deeper than that. It, it gets, there's even more. Let's say that. Um, Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights on a mountain before bringing the law to the Israelites. This is Deuteronomy. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights before bringing the new law of God. Now both went to a mountain. Moses to Sinai, Jesus the Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew 4. Again, Matthew. Matthew is the one that talks about the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus is that new Moses going up to the mountain. Sermon on the Mount. Just like Moses went up to Sinai to get the old law, Jesus goes up to the Sermon on the Mount and gives the new law. The Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful, so they shall obtain mercy. So just as Moses ascended Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments, Jesus ascends a mountain to bring forth the new law, the law of love. And this law came from God to fulfill the old covenant. Now we have the new covenant of love based in mercy. Now that's why one of the Beatitudes is be merciful. So as Moses was given the Ten Commandments, Jesus presents his disciples with ten Beatitudes. Now this is fascinating. Again, now we're jumping to Matthew 5. So there were actually really, if you count them, nine Beatitudes in Matthew for us, but there was a tenth one addressed to the apostles. So while Moses gave us ten commandments, uh, Jesus really gave us ten new Beatitudes. And so we see the connection then at the transfiguration. What happens? Jesus meets Moses. And I always smile because when we get letters tearing us to pieces that one of us Marians, myself included, gave a talk on praying to Mary and they jump all over us. You can't, they're dead. Mary is dead. She cannot hear you. She cannot communicate. Who was Moses on, on Mount, or, uh, Mount Tabor? He had long since died. But yet, who was Jesus communicating with on the mountain? Who was very much alive during the transfiguration? Moses. And so, we got to see the connection here. So, Jesus is now the new Moses on the, on the mountain, the Mount Tabor, the transfiguration with a shining face. What did it talk about Moses being on Mount Sinai? What did it say about his face? It was a glow. Now, all of a sudden, where the apostles see Jesus on top of the mountain with Moses, what does it say? His face shine, and that's how we will be in heaven. How we will be viewed in heaven is not by our physical characteristics today. Tall, thin, short, fat, I always laugh. I thought in heaven I was going to get to be six foot eight. 
but that's not what we look at. In heaven, you will be designated by how much light you shine with the light of Christ, and that is based on how much you shine with the light of Christ here on earth. And so Jesus is showing this. And so then Jesus leads an exodus from the slavery to sin, just as Moses led the exodus from slavery to the Egyptians. Now, we go deeper, not deeper, to go again, keep going. Jesus' baptism in the Jordan. What was that about? That alluded to the Israelites crossing the Jordan to get to the promised land. That's why Jesus baptized in the Jordan was to pave our way to the promised land, heaven. Jesus fulfills this mosaic typology, entering into a new promised land, the one without sin, heaven. This fulfills the baptism of the Jews that they had in crossing the Red Sea. Amazing. So we see in this our baptism in the sacraments. Baptism in crossing of the Red Sea. Us being cleansed in the baptism of the sacrament. And then what did Moses do? He gave them food in the desert called manna. What did Jesus bring us? The Eucharist, the manna, the bread from heaven, the Eucharist, the bread from heaven. So Jesus' church in Matthew is not just a universal meaning small c as, as we pray, but it's the sacrament of our faith, of salvation for all. And he's the new and greater Moses. It's also the fulfillment of Judaism. People always say, well, if Jesus was a Jew, how come we're not Jews? Jesus fulfilled it. It's a fulfillment of Judaism. And, and Jesus is the fulfillment as the new Moses. And so to finish, Moses provided this miraculous bread that we just said, the manna in the wilderness. And Jesus gave us bread. What did he give bread in the wilderness? Remember? Feeding of the multitude of people, that was the bread in the wilderness. Just like Moses gave the manna to the bread, or the bread from heaven, the manna in the wilderness. On the mountain, again, it was on a mountain that Jesus gave the miracle of the loaves and giving the bread to the people. Jesus gave the bread in the wilderness for the journey. Now, here's something interesting that I forgot about in my seminary notes. I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, wow, I completely forgot about this. There were five books of, or there are five books of Moses, right? What are they? They are the Pentateuch, or what they call the Torah. Jesus had five barley loaves. Now, according to my teacher in seminary, there was a connection. He's transforming the Mosaic law of five books. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Genesis, he's transforming that into something much greater, much more nourishing, the Eucharist. That fulfills it all. The Eucharist was foreshadowed in the Old Testament. It was the Passover meal with unleavened bread. What are we having? The Passover meal fulfilled. In the Passover meal, it was the lamb that was sacrificed, and he had to be eaten to be, Scott Hahn tells us, to be valid. What do we have here? 
the sacrificial lamb, Christ himself, and he has to be eaten. Now we do that with unleavened bread, just like the Jews did when they had to flee Egypt. The bread was not leavened, it was unleavened bread. And Israel, this Passover lamb, if it wasn't eaten, the sacrifice was invalid. And now Christ is the sacrificial lamb. God the Father, he fed the Israelites in the desert with this man, and now he sends his son as the true bread of life. And this bread is his flesh and blood, just like the lamb offered in sacrifice. And you know when they would sacrifice the lamb, they actually pulled the two lambs, uh, the lamb's two legs apart and would be mounted to a cross beam and would be sacrificed. I mean, <laughs> this is unbelievable. And we don't see those connections. You're, if you don't know this, you're not going to love it. We can't love what we don't know. And so this is my goal is trying to take you back to seminary with me as much as I can so you can know your faith so you can love your faith. And this is beautiful. So he doesn't tell them that it's symbolic. John 6, he tells them that they have to eat his body and drink his blood. And the word in the Greek is tragon, actually means literally to gnaw, chew, it's not symbolic. And so later after the Eucharist, Paul is going to read from the diary of Faustina where she talks about seeing Jesus in the Eucharist. And this is why Jesus has fulfilled Moses, he is the new Moses, and the bread from heaven is not bread, as Jesus said, that our forefathers ate and died. This is the bread that when we eat it, we will live forever. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.